right, so this is the podcast in my car episode with rain outside. Uh, you may be able to hear it, maybe not, uh, probably so. But uh, today, you know, and I can't lie, it, it's a hard thing when you are trying to do something that you've never done before. And everything else pulls you in every direction. And um, I don't know if you have that same dilemma as me, but I have that dilemma all the time. One moment, you know, I have to adhere to family. You know what I mean? I mean, I can't neglect family over money. That's like an impossibility. And if I didn't like my family, then I guess that wouldn't matter. But you know, I have to make sure that I put in time with the family. I have to make sure that, you know, I'm doing the things that I need to be doing, you know, yard work and all the house stuff that needs to get done. But, man, it, it is hard to to sit here and tell people, hey, you know, take this motivation, motivate yourself. And then when you get in those moments where you have high motivation and you are ready to pretty much take on the the freaking world, man. And all of a sudden, here comes this thing pulling you to the left. And here's this thing pulling you down the middle. And here's this thing pulling you to the right. You know, and then there's something pulling you from behind. I mean, there's just like every direction comes at you. It's almost like I was talking to somebody one day and I said, have you ever noticed when you worked, you know, how you'd be at work, you'd be tired, man. I mean, like dog tired. Like I, I just, I can't even do this anymore. I can't even think about all the stuff that's going on in my head to stay in this job. And then you leave work and now you have, you're not tired at all. You've got like the energy of a God and and you're just like ready to like slay dragons. Right. But the funny thing is, is the flip side of that is it's the same way, the opposite, which is, you know, you know, you need to get something done. You know, you got to get it done. You got pressure on you to get it done. You're sitting there and you're talking to yourself about getting it done. You're ready to make a move, you know? You're ready to get things done, right? And all of a sudden, you get in that in that room. Maybe you have a room that you do your work or maybe you have a room where you are able to, you know, do whatever you want to do. You get in that room, man, and all of a sudden, uh, I call it the sleep monkey. The sleep monkey hits you and it's like, Oh, I'm so tired. Oh, but I got so much to do, but I'm so tired. I truly can't tell you what causes that. Maybe somebody on this listening to this podcast, maybe they can explain that to you. I I truly can't explain it. But I do know that there are times that just before success, there are times when, you know, you get that. There are times when all of a sudden this hits you. And all of a sudden, you're sitting there like, what in the world just hit me or, or what's going on? Here's the thing. Everything that you do right now, everything that you do right now is going to be predicated on the fact that you've got to get stuff done. You know, you can't make $1,000 a month and you're not doing $1,000 worth of work. So I've heard it before, and I'm going to say it because I think that it stands true. If you put in a crap load of work, you know, like Gary Vee says, if you eat shit for a year, if you put in real work, if you actually put in real work, 
you can achieve the success and the goals that you want to achieve. Now, every goal, you know, can change. And that's another thing. You know, you can start off with these goals of making a million dollars. Right now, you got nothing. You can make the goals of a million dollars. And I don't think anything is wrong with that. But I also think that you have to take the moments to get to a million dollars. So in other words, you have to have smaller wins in order to reach your goal. I mean, if your goal is just to hit a million, man, you might hit it. And that's the kind of drive and desire you have. Or you may never hit it. And part of the reason may be because you never set smaller goals and reach those areas first. You've got to reach the areas that you need to reach in order to get to where you want to go. You know, again, you know, everything that you do is predicated on the fact that you're trying to reach a certain plateau. You're trying to reach a goal. Don't pull yourself back from that. You know, embrace that goal. Step into it. Find exactly where you want to be and push yourself towards that goal. Don't let the small things, the, the sleep monkey, the, 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 the YouTube, uh, the distractors grab your attention. I will tell you right now, one of the best things that I started to do when I go to YouTube is I go into YouTube um, in, a, what do you call it, like, a, like non-tracking mode, okay? And uh, Google Chrome has one of these different little filters and then you know, uh, Edge or Internet Explorer, I'm still going to call it Internet Explorer, uh, has its own little way of doing that. It's kind of like private browsing. And so what it does is it doesn't show you the crap that you normally would see because every day that algorithm is going to grab your ass. You know, I wasn't going to use this podcast to curse, but every once in a while, I think it's worthy because it actually said something. Um, that thing grabs you, man. I, have you ever been sitting there looking at YouTube and the next thing that you know, all of a sudden, YouTube has got you. It's got you in the algorithm. All of a sudden, you're getting all these things. Maybe you watched, you know, one night. I don't know why. You know, I'm older. So, you know, I'm looking at all these different things and we just got done with the summer, uh, excuse me, spring Olympics or spring you know what I mean? Winter Olympics. And all of a sudden, you know, I started looking back in old tape because uh, my son runs. And uh, so I was looking at old tape and one of the old tapes came across that it was it was uh, Carl, Carl Lewis, and Ben Johnson running. And uh, this is a rivalry that came up. I think it was 80, 84, somewhere around in there, 84, or 88. I can't remember exactly. But um, I remember that. So one day I clicked on a video. Man, would you not believe it that I've got so much Carl Lewis crap in front of me right now that I just just want to just cut the whole thing off because it's just I mean, I just looked at one video, man. Yes, I wanted to see Carl Lewis, Mr. Algorithm, but I didn't want to watch Carl Lewis's life story in front of me. That's not what I was trying to do. So. This is what the algorithm does. It grabs your attention. Um, if you did not know, this is all predicated on, you know, Facebook's algorithm for the things that they do. Um, Google 
or Alphabet, whatever they want to call themselves now, they uh, have AI, which is also set up through uh, the algorithm. So all these different things now are pulling for attention. And here's the thing. Our attention span as Americans, uh, I would say as Americans or just people in general, but I'm always speaking on America because honestly, you know, that's where I live and that's what I know. Uh, when I start to travel more, you know, I can definitely start talking more about other areas. But in America, man, your traffic or your span of attention is just like nothing nowadays. And I'm not even talking about the older generation. I'm talking about just people in general, period. You know? All right. So I got a call there and that call kind of uh, pulled me away from what my thought process was. But I think I was speaking about the algorithm and uh, having these different videos pop up in front of you on Facebook or, or excuse me, on, uh, on YouTube. So the best way to stop yourself from getting pulled into the algorithm is to just surf um, with a mask or surf uh, privately uh, through your browser. And that way, it can't tie you into your old stuff that you've been searching for and thus kick you all the information, you know what I mean? Information overload in front of you that kind of distracts you, gets you off your task, and uh, keeps you stuck on their website. They're really good at that. So, you know, where are you going? Uh, that's a good question that I want to ask here. I may chunk this into pieces because I can just go on from topic to topic to topic, uh, but I know that education-wise, I can't speak about one thing and then try to give you a topic, a topic, a topic. But I do have a question for you, and my question more or less becomes, you know, what is it that you're trying to do? You know, I've worked most of my life for other people, and uh, I won't say anything bad about that. Work is work, right? But at a certain point in my life, I started getting to... I started asking myself questions like, is this really what you want to do? Is this really what you want to do for the next 5, 10, 15 years? You know, I'm older now. I only have about 15 years left. And I'm going to tell you right now, I'm not going to be the old guy still taking help desk calls and I'm 60 years old. Like, that's just not something that I want to do. Now, I know there's ways to change that. And I know that hard work and dedication is going to put me on that next level. But, man, I sit here and I think about it. And I'm, I'm like, okay, this is not what I signed up for. And I, and I look at, you know, people around me, and I don't look at them in an envious way. I look at them like, you know, what are they doing? How are they achieving the success they want? I used to have this vision that I could see things that were coming, you know. And that vision was, was a great thing for me. Although... You know, they say if you don't use your gift, you lose your gift. And I don't know if I lost my gift. But I don't see those visions anymore. 
All right, so let me let me let me give you a little context to that because I don't want you to think I'm crazy. I want you to know. All right, so back in the '90s, there was a little company coming out. There were two companies that were the that were the biggest players in something that I thought was going to be huge, and those two biggest players were Netscape and Yahoo. And I started thinking about, you know, what could I do? What could I do that would allow me to get in that space? So Netscape allowed you to view these web pages. And I started thinking about web design. And I started thinking that it would be really cool to be able to create web pages for people, you know, charge a fee for that. I mean, all I had to do was go down to the library, right, and get a book on HTML. At the time, it was like HTML 1.0 or 2.0, something like that. Um, very, very, very simple and basic. It was very basic. And I kind of did my own website. And at the time, I was working in an environment where I was like, you know, it would be really cool because I was really into cell phones and data communications and all that stuff. It would be really cool to have a cell phone guide where people knew, you know, what websites were out there for their phone. And everybody was creating WAP pages, W-A-P, all right? And uh, they were creating these pages like crazy. And I was like, okay, let me create a directory. I created a little directory, didn't know what to do with it. I kind of shelved it, and it just sat there, and then finally I just deleted it. So here's here's my truth with that little story. Within the next six months, there were tons of directories popping up, and they were making money because they were using AdWords. They were using Google's network in order to show ads to people and people were clicking on the ads and they were making massive amounts of money. They were getting traffic, SEO, free traffic. And I missed an opportunity. Now, I could look at it like I didn't know. I didn't educate myself enough. I had no idea. But at the same time, I know in my life I've started things that had great promise, and then I would stop them. Then I would shelf it. I would just let it sit there or something, right? And after a little while, I came across another website, something that was growing, and I found out that they were going to have an IPO. (laughs) That's an initial public offering for stocks to be sold to the general public, you know, to the open market. And um, I remember finding a brokerage. And at the time, people were just coming into starting to do stocks. And stocks is something that I had looked at. I had looked at for years. And I was 20-something years old. I didn't finish high school. I quit high school. I got my GED. And, And I'll tell you, you know, to get on another tangent, I'll tell you the only reason I got my GED is because A guy who I was working for, and I'll never forget his name, uh, 
I just remember his last name right now, but it was Krasinowski. And um, I had told a story to him about something, and he called me out on it. And when he asked me again, he said, did you graduate? And I said, no, I didn't. I said, I, um, you know, I quit and it just wasn't for me. And he said, look, I don't care what you do. He said, I, I just want you to know you need to get your GED. And so that's what I did. So I went ahead and got my GED. Um, I didn't really, I mean, I knew I could pass it. So all I did was go into the class for like a week in the class where these different people, everybody was sectioned out. It wasn't inviteful. It was very, very cold. It was very disheartening to be in a room of people who uh, were also disheartened. And uh, I sat there and I was like, okay, after about a, maybe two days of going in there, I just went ahead and paid the money. I think it was free at the time. It's not free anymore. Yeah, it was free. So I just went ahead and put my name on the books for me to take this test. And I went ahead and took the test. And I passed it first time I took it. So uh, I passed it. Didn't matter what the score was, because guess what? As long as you passed, it didn't matter, right? You graduate high school. They don't care what the score is. You graduated. So anyway, so I passed, and, and, I, and, I, and I got that done. And that, to me, was one of the things that I'll never forget his name because of that. I, I can't. There's two people in my life that did something that was profoundly um, you know, positive in my life, and uh, and 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 it kind of set precedence for who they were, and then it was kind of like they took a liking to what I was doing. You know, I've gotten older now. I don't like to sit here and talk about this stuff as much as you know I want to, but what I do like to do is explain to people that just because your circumstances are one way, it doesn't mean that you can't change them. You know, right now. You know, you may be the the individual who didn't finish high school. You may be the person who wants to quit high school. You know what I mean? You you may be in that boat. But what I will give you is this. You may be the person who wants to put that neck tattoo on your neck. All right? All these things are real. You know? But just through the experiences that I've been through, I can answer that question. You know, I went into a tattoo shop. I was getting a tattoo on my arm. And uh, this kid came in. The guy who was doing my tattoo, he was the owner. And he said to the kid, hey, you know, uh, what are you looking for? And he told him, he said he wanted a, a tattoo on his neck. And he said to the kid, he said, what do you want that for? He said, I don't know. He said, I just want a tattoo on my neck. And this is before neck tattoos were the big thing, you know. Everybody's got one now. But... When I was getting this tattoo in 94, I think, 95, somewhere around in there, man, neck tattoo was like a, a death sentence. You know what I mean? Like, you do. Um, you know you're never going to be able to work. And that's one of the things the guy said. He said, you know, everywhere you go, he said, you have that neck tattoo. I'm going to tell you right now, everywhere you go, everybody's going to look at you and think one thing. May not be, but they're going to think one thing. And uh, he wasn't lying. That that was the truth for this kid. But the kid's truth was different. He wanted it. And so he said, hey, if you sit back and I'll get to you next, blah, blah, blah. So when he got done, I asked him, I said, uh, I said, why why did you do that? You know, why did you tell him about that? He said, because he said, I don't think sometimes the kids understand. They walk away from these things and they don't think that 
you know, tomorrow is a different day. You know, once you get this on your neck, it's, it's over. It's, it's there. It's not coming off. And, uh, what he said to me was, he said, now I do this because he said, I know that if I don't do it, he said, they're just going to go and find somebody else to do it. And guess what? They're going to give him a shitty tattoo. So he said, so I'll do it. He said, but I always want to educate somebody. I thought that was important. <clears throat> so, anyways, these are the little ism, is-isms, isms, isms from Jason Flint. And, uh, you know, I hope that this resonates with somebody. I hope that, um, you know, just my story, uh, giving my story, gives you information, helps you to what you're trying to obtain. Um, every day is different, you know, every day is different. And I got to tell you that, you know, getting back to the story of Yahoo, you know, I knew this company was going public. And so what I did is I had already been looking at the news. I had already been looking at the websites that were out there back at this time. I think the street.com was the big one back then or CNBC or something like that. And, uh, and I was saying to myself, you know what? I think I'm going to buy this stock. So I went to my mom. I went to my dad. I went to my sister. And I said, hey, do you guys want to get in on this stock? I think the stock would be, you know, awesome. And um, and they all pitched in a little bit. I think about 200 bucks. I think I had about 200 So when we got done, it was about 800 somewhere around $800. And the initial public offering for Yahoo, I think, I can't remember that far back, exact, but for some reason, $24 or $27 keeps hitting my, my ear. And I bought these shares of stock. My father had never bought stock in his life. And so I bought this stock. My mother had never bought stock. My sister, as financially sound as my sister was, um, she was, she was a saver, but she didn't understand the stock market and how saving compounding and uh, that would have, you know, made her more money. So ultimately we got the stock and, uh, and I'm watching the stock boards and my father never watched stocks before, but now that he's got skin in the game, you know, he thinks that he can go in and, and, and start talking about this or, or, Hey, you know, the stock's moving, you know, it's going up or uh, it's going down. You see the stock's going down. And, uh, it was more or less like, I don't know why I let it affect me, but what I did eventually is I sold the stock and I sold it pretty much right at around where I bought it. And, um, later that year, I made a good, good chunk of change from a job that I was working and we were being laid off. But before we were being laid off, they told us, hey, if you guys can collect all the money that we still have on the books for this company that you're in, that's closing down, we'll give you a percentage of that. And so we had these meetings. We were all trying to obtain this goal. We reached the goal. I made more money than I had ever made in my life times five or something. I mean, it was good money. And I always look at that time and opportunity because I had a moment in my life where if I would have taken that money and I would have put it back into Yahoo stocks, if I would have actually done this, 
I would have been a millionaire. And that thought hits me now, where before it didn't really affect me at the time. I mean, I bought two cars, I had money paid off, bought a sound system from a car. I did the things that dumb young kids do. And uh, instead of going out and purchasing myself a home in a nice neighborhood, paying the down payment, uh, going back to work and, and, and paying for a house, you know, getting some real equity, getting some real money. You know, instead of doing that, I did the dumb thing and put my money into assets that, you know, depreciate way faster than a house would. And, um, you know, like I said, I, I look at it and I think about it now, but I know that if I had taken all of that money and put it into Yahoo or, you know, taken half of it and put it into Yahoo and then, you know, take the other half and bought a house, I don't know, you know, the possibilities are endless. But, you know, once you have that in front of you, how do you stop yourself from doing that? How do you stop yourself from just spending that money frivolously on things that don't mean anything? You know, now as I've gotten older, now I understand how to do it. You know, I have a wife. Many of you may not have a wife or a significant other. Um, but I have a wife who's financially sound. She's in the banking industry. You know what I mean? And so she thinks about these things. Pay this on time. Do that on time. Do this. Do that. She is in that realm every single day. So, you know, my thought now is, as I make this money now, that now I have somebody who I can, you know, take it to, talk about, and then use that opportunity and time to say, hey, babe, um, you know, I got, a, I got an extra thousand dollars. What do you want to do with it? You know, she might tell me, hey, we're going to put that in the new house fund or um, we're going to put that in the in the swimming pool fund. I don't know. We'll put that in the new car fund or, you know, we'll put that, you know, behind the kids education or something. Um, but I know that she's not going to steer me wrong and tell me, oh, yeah, go buy you a new car. Go buy you, you know, you're getting, you know, three thousand dollars a month. You know what I'm saying? Why not go buy that Ferrari? I mean. And the, the note on the Ferrari is going to be about two, maybe two thousand insurance, maybe about two hundred dollars a month. And uh, so, hey, why not? You know, you could do that. Right. But all you'd be doing is spinning your wheels and putting yourself back in the predicament that guess what? Just because you can buy the Ferrari, just because you can pay the the, you know, the the, the least or you can pay the actual you know, payment every month on a Ferrari doesn't mean you should have a Ferrari. Because the worst thing that can happen to you out here in these streets is that today you're up. Today you're making money. Today you're on top. But tomorrow is not promised to anybody. So I'm going to end this podcast on that note. And I hope that, you know, on my tangents, my back and forth, that somebody got some value out of this. Maybe somebody is in that same boat. If you are, leave me a comment. You can always send me a comment online. You know, I'm everywhere online, wherever you are. My name is Jason, J-A-Y-S-O-N, Flint. 
and you can always find me online doing something. So I hope that this really gave somebody value to think um, and to really think about what they want, you know, where they want to go. Because again, my story is different, but every story is different. And and the, here's the thing. Don't think that just because one story is one way and your story is a different way, that your story is any less than anybody else's. I'm going to give you some examples of a whole bunch of stuff coming up. <clears throat> some people going to resonate with these stories. Some people going to be like, dude, I can't even I can't even get with you on that. I don't even know what you're talking about. And that's cool. You know, everything that I say won't predicate or won't be, you know, for everyone. Just because, I mean, uh, I can't speak to the world. You know what I mean? I just know that for me, I have been trying for a long time to have my own business. And my thing now is that no matter what, I'm going to succeed in that. If I have to push myself to do things that I've never done before, then I'm going to do it. If I got to redo this, rewrite that, re-record that video, um, put up the new information, bring down the old information, uh, put myself in different places where I can find more sales and leads, I'm going to do it because there's no way that I'm going back to what I've been. No way. Hey, thank you. And y'all have a great day. We will talk again sometime soon. Take care.